And of course, like you said, it's, it's a little bit of, I wouldn't say so much a yo-yo, but that hairpin. Yeah. Just, okay. Now I've experienced this, what information, what insights am I going to take from it? And then I have a new part of my journey, a new chapter that I'm in. I'm going to borrow some of that good stuff. I need to make some more mistakes. I need to like (laughs) uncover some different parts of me, but then eventually I'm at that next landing, that next stepping stone and get to look back and say, okay, yep, going to keep this or toss this and keep going. Welcome to the DJ Tells It podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and this is your straight talk guide to the health and fitness lifestyle by a non-traditional fitness enthusiast. Have you ever said, I could never complete a 5K, lift weight, take a spin class? Do you ever think, I wish I could eat healthier, take more time for self-care, and actually stick with it? Maybe you're afraid to go to the gym because you don't know where to start or what to do, or are you just looking for a little motivation to get out the door? If any of that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. Each episode, you'll hear the truth about how to start a health and fitness lifestyle with tips and tricks to staying on track and motivated, as well as the ins and outs of becoming a healthier, more optimal you. As a bonus, I'll introduce you to some of my favorite wellness enthusiasts around. Lace up your shoes and let's get this journey started. Hey, hey guys, welcome back. This is part two of my interview with Taryn, where we're going to pick up right where we left off talking about holistic wellness and whether or not I'm actually woo-woo. If you missed part one, pause this episode, go back one episode to episode 29, give it a listen, and you'll be caught right up. You know, as much as I make, so we're currently doing this on Zoom so we can see each other, and she starts talking about evaluating the energy afterward, and I'm like, okay, here we go again. But in in reality, I do the same thing. I just don't call it evaluating the energy. I just say... Oh, hell no. Uh-uh. <laughs> we are not, I, I was not happy. Like, why am I not in a better place after this insert whatever activity is, whether it's a class or a conversation or there have even been days in like yoga practice. She, one day she changes up on me guys. And you know how I like my consistency and I like to know what is happening next, which part of the like, anyway. And I was like, super frustrated. And I was like, I don't, I don't like this, but then it's the unpack the other tools that come along with it. So I have my way of evaluating the energy of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm making fun of you and your energy. You're evaluation. woo too. You just <laughs> express it a little differently. <laughs> it is true. My friends are like dragging me into the woo. I'm becoming woo, but slowly but surely what, what, for us practical people, what types yeah. of questions or um, things do you focus on when you are evaluating that energy? Because I do think it's important as much as I make yeah. fun of the woo, it, it actually yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. So one of the techniques that you and I have done together in class is mm-hmm. it's called nest. So it's on a scale of one to 10 number. How are you feeling right now? That's an evaluation. then E emotions, what emotions or feelings are associated with you feeling that number. And then we can go into more of the um, sensations. So what physical sensations are present in the body? So we've all had that where you're hanging out maybe with your sister or with your boss and you're getting tense and your shoulders start to creep up. And then you don't even realize that it's happening until somebody brings it to your attention you drop your shoulders and you feel that physical release. So we've got number, emotions and feelings, 
sensations present in the physical body. And then you can start to observe your thoughts and just say, okay, what am I thinking about right now? What patterns do I start to notice about these thoughts? Are they more off into the future? Are they more in the past? If I'm anxious about something that's coming up, I'm two months away. I'm five months away, three years away. If I'm frustrated about something that happened, I am replaying that scenario over and over again. So when I start to really, I'm just starting to become more aware as to what is going on kind of past and future that has me feeling this particular way in this particular moment. So that is a very systematic way of taking a quick evaluation as to energetically right now or physically right now, how do I feel? Not only how do I feel, but why do I feel that way? And then what can be done to shift myself from feeling that way to a place that's more balanced? So I don't think that you always should be at a 10. Right. A 10 is the best. That's not sustainable. But how do we live a little bit more in that five to seven to eight? And when we do feel ourselves becoming up at the 10, do we become too attached to the 10? Oh that is challenging as well. So coming back and saying, okay, how quickly can I evaluate? And then how quickly can I make that shift? And sometimes in just observing what you are feeling or, or sensing is a great opportunity to make that shift. And a lot of times if I go through that exercise at the beginning of a yoga class, Mm -hmm. an hour later, we'll do that same evaluation again, And we'll notice a shift. And yes, we've done breath work. We've done meditation. We've done movement, but that's not always required. Right. She's sneaky guys. I am. This is, I, but I think this is again, a classic of the classes that I like and that I show up repeatedly for, and we'll, we'll rearrange my life for is are the things where you're getting taught this hidden, hidden lesson. That's not really that hidden. And then you put the pieces together. Now, and now I'm like, oh, that's why she keeps asking me. Like, I'm an energy things. evaluator. <laughs> I do this. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna put on my woo cape. And okay, so really, I'm not. You're not gonna see. Well, I shouldn't say never, but I was never woo woo. I'm not like I was so practical. I was a project manager. Like, oh, give hmm. me a punch list. Like, <laughs> yes. it was very black and white, and it. I think that goes back to, it's a journey. It's a process. So you never know. I know as a project manager who, you know, it's funny. So recent upheaval at work, not anything bad for me, actually kind of good for me. And I think about how, if they had told me what they told me very recently about workloads and things, and you're going to be in all these different spots and the practical black and white list checklist kind of person that I am would have significantly been more freaked out about it and like super anxious and sleep would not have been a thing. And I would be like, okay, I have to cancel all these things because now I have to slot in all this stuff. But instead they're like, okay, we're really sorry. But, and I'm like, no, no, this is fine. Here are my, like, here are my boundaries Mm -hmm. and here's what I need to be able to reach the next peak in terms of my professional life. But it's, it's interesting because you're like, oh, okay, I can be a little bit more flexible because it will get me to the point where I want to be 
without it being a black and white kind of thing. Don't get me wrong. I still love my to-do list. And, yeah. and I, um, there's yeah. a, there's a method to this thing. There's a workflow and let's kind of, I can predict the future guys. I, I do <laughs> like to say that I can predict the future. That's probably as woo as I get, especially when I say we need to do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise these things are going to happen. And within 24 hours of them just being like, no, we can do it. And I'm like, okay, do, do it your way. That's fine. And I'm like, so who wants to pay me my psychic fee? Yep, <laughs> and yep. that kind of thing. But my physical reaction and like where I am in a headspace about it and whether or not I'm anxious about it or whether or not I like dwell on the fact that you didn't take my advice and now this is coming back to making it harder for us all is definitely more flexible if I think about like, okay, this is something that would have made me anxious and now it doesn't. And mm-hmm. why is that? What do I need? What are the tools that I need in order to make it so that it, it doesn't impact me as negatively, but rather it just keeps me in the flow. It's not yeah. a boulder anymore. It's just kind of a bump in the road and that kind of thing. And I will say, I will attribute that some to my current yoga practice, but also at work, I have been thrown into a whole bunch of different directions. And I think that's shocked them too. Shocks myself a little bit and that I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's fine. And initially I started saying it in the sense of, it's not like I have a choice. It's my job and I want a paycheck because I like to eat. <laughs> but then I realized I really am okay with this. And then I sort of spend some time sometimes thinking about why am I okay with taking these risks now that I wouldn't have ordinarily and can I tie it back to something? Cause I do like to make those kinds of connections in yeah. my life because it helps the practical me. Yeah. And it's not just this, and effect. this woo yeah. that's happening. It's not, this is like intangible universe making things happen, even though it's the universe making things happen. But I had that foundation of, okay, I can survive a marathon. I can do this. I can do that. And I tie it back to my health and fitness journey. But I also like to eat. So yes, I say yes to things at work. (laughs) But anyway, you mentioned that you had like gut health things, which every time I talk to people in depth about what do they do for their nutrition and things like that, I I get a little bit more of I'm not alone in my crazy Mm -hmm. things that I have to keep track of in terms of making me not feel like, oh, all the time. Yeah. What? What kind of things do you, did you do to get yourself to the point where you realize that, like for me, it's gluten. I'm like, it's not worth it. No, I'm not going to have anaphylactic shock, but I feel so bad in like yeah. all the things yeah. that the, do not feed me any gluten and, yeah. and that kind of thing. How did you get to that point? Yeah. So I had a very unhealthy four years at college lots of gluten, lots of dairy. I think my main food was uh, cheesy breadsticks from Domino's Mm. and then booze. So my baseline, I was pretty much living in a fog um, through my four years of college. And then when I got out of college, it was very superficial for me at first. I did not, I was not comfortable in my own skin. And so the first thing that I did was right before I started training for the half marathon was I did the Advocare 24 day challenge. And that was really about tracking your food. There are a few like little supplements in there, but most of it for me was just sticking to a plan. I had really lacked structure, stepping away from team sports. 
And so this was kind of that first entry and I was taking ownership over what I needed to do, did that 24 day challenge. I saw success. So when you see success, you're willing to put in some more work. So I did that another like couple of times and that was really following. It was more cutting down on my calories, cutting out alcohol, upping my water. I mean, these things that we all kind of know we should be doing. Um, and so physically, superficially, I did lose the weight, but it was after I had lost the weight, I noticed that I was still having significant stomach aches. Mm -hmm. And they were like, they were really, really bad. And to the point where like, I wasn't going out to eat at restaurants anymore. And so I did go to a doctor and we started, I followed the FODMAP diet for about two, probably a year and a half. So again, that's eliminating a lot of these foods and then slowly introducing them again. And for me, there was no one food. Like I'm okay when I eat dairy, I'm okay when I eat gluten now, but I think it was one of those, I really had to cleanse my whole system because I just abused it for four or five years. And then as I started to feel a lot better, nutrition also helped me with my anxiety significantly. Yoga and nutrition allowed me to not feel as anxious. And when I'm really disciplined in what I take in for nutrition and with my practice, I'm usually okay with anxiety. Um, with the occasional flare-up. Then when I started to become a little bit more interested in increasing strength and performance, I have tracked macros before, and I will do that from time to time. Sometimes it's because I'm getting ready for a photo shoot. Other times it's because I want to build a little bit of speed and power. But with everything, and we touched on this um, a little bit before, I think we officially pressed go on the podcast, but it's these hairpins. So there's stuff that I took from the 24 day challenge in Advocare that even though that system didn't necessarily need to stay with me forever, I brought a lot of those habits and patterns. And then I explored the FODMAP diet and I took what I needed and left behind what I didn't. And then I came back through and same with macros. I realized like my natural tendency doesn't give me the amount of protein that I need to feel energized and again, energy evaluation. I use my workouts as a way to understand like, how am I using food to fuel my body? I would do a lot of comfort eating um, Mm -hmm. before and that's okay. As long as you're aware that that's what you're doing, it can be a very slippery slope. So, you know, right now, a good way for me to reset when I need that nutrition reset is through counting my macros but I don't think that's going to be it forever. And I think Mm. it's really just, you know, it reminds me of finding that balance that works for my body. I love to cook, so it's not a problem, but it's just being intentional and being disciplined with using food as fuel instead of reacting to a situation by eating. We're so similar. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So similar. Um, Cause I do, it's, you said, you said a whole lot of things in there that is, kind of a description of how I think the ideal journey goes Mm -hmm. um, in that it's not a start and finish. Mm -hmm. It's an always, always Mm -hmm. moving forward. That is not my tagline because it sounds cool. It's because I live it and believe it. And there's no, I'm not on a health and fitness journey. It's just, what does your journey look like? Whether you're eating Doritos and nacho cheese, that yellow neon nacho cheese 
stuff. I'm more of a cool ranch girl when it comes to Doritos. But. That's fair. I was I was a cool ranch girl too until um, I realized that MSG gives me migraines and so I don't eat them anymore, which is yeah. kind of sad, but true. Also, the you can do these challenges and you take what you take what works for you from them mm-hmm. and then leave behind everything else. And it doesn't mean that because you stop the challenge, you're gonna lose any benefits that you may have gained from it or that you, if you don't take whatever supplement was part of it, it's not going to work for you. For instance, I discovered that keto works well for me or the diet made up closer to the keto makeup than not works for me during a health and fitness challenge. But I didn't keep all the other stuff that was with it, which was like two days all the time and things like that. But I recognize that. But I also recognize that if I'm always in this hyper state of go, 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 must meet these macros for 30 days or 90 days or 60 days or whatever it is. But if I go back to back to back, that's not healthy for me either because that doesn't work for me. But other people thrive in the always in a challenge. And I'm always challenging myself and I'm always in some type of challenge, but some of them are low stress challenges. Some of them are not. And but what lessons did you learn? You got to take, take the time to evaluate what you need to leave behind and what you take with you and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I, I love that so much. I do too. And I think, I mean, if I look at the yoga practice, the way that I entered into it was more of that outside in. So I started with the physical practice as a way to complement a physical endeavor. And then I slowly started to move deeper into the practice. Same thing with nutrition. And now most recently, I'm no expert. I'm just getting into it, just being exposed to it. But if we start to think about cycles, Mm -hmm. right? So working with athletes, their training cycle, when are they in season, off season? What do you do during those different phases of training, the macro cycle, but also the micro cycle of training, I have a colleague, uh, Dr. Jess Moy. She introduced me to the idea of syncing my food and workouts to my menstrual cycle, which I think (laughs) for women is a really, really interesting piece. And for the fellas that are listening to this, there's also the cycle for men, but just understanding, okay, my body is going through pretty consistent changes on most likely a monthly cycle. And what am I doing to create balance during those times? So if we come back to the, Mm -hmm. when do I need more? When do I need less? How do I do more with less? The more information that we have, the more insights that we have, the better and more informed decisions we can make to support what that piece, right? So maybe it's not that peak, but it's that piece within the body. So that's definitely something that I'm continuing to become more curious about, And I I do, I think creating or or understanding a structure to work within for me is really, really powerful, but maybe not doing something for 90 days because I know I'm going to go through three menstrual cycles in 90 days. So am I doing hit workouts when really I should be doing more of like a slow flow? I don't know. And we start to think too about getting out of that peak performance and thinking more about longevity. And that's definitely been a shift as well for me. And I would say like the last probably year, I guess hmm, if you pay attention to what you're feeling like on a day-to-day basis and decide what you're going to eat at that point, Mm -hmm. I I guess people, some people call that intuitive eating. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about intuitive yeah. eating other than I think I do eat intuitively a lot of times when I'm getting out of my own way and I'm not trying to consume something based just solely on the numbers that go along with it. But like, yeah. how does this make me feel when mm-hmm. I'm done with it? Although I will say that the- Wait, is that has, an energy evaluation? I I'm, not, I'm not going to say that it's necessarily <laughs> that, but I will say when people ask me like, how did you give up gluten and how do you- consistently and almost dogmatically live the gluten-free life. And I'm like, people are like, oh, sorry for eating a a donut in front of you. Especially people who know that I love my like sweets and whatnot. And I'm like, that donut that you're eating right there has zero appeal to me. Mm -hmm. Like none, because all I can think about is how awful I will feel if I eat that. And it's this like the looking at the long-term effects of it gets you closer and closer and closer to not even being able to enjoy the immediate gratification Mm -hmm. part of it. And I think that once I made that decision and decided, okay, nope, I feel, wow, okay, I feel a thousand times better. I'm not like fogged over and whatever, that that was enough for me. Yeah. But it also took me a minute. And I would say- that in itself is yoga. And I'm going to bring it woo-woo again because I think demystifying like these woo, this woo-woo part of the practice, right. you know, if we think about what our higher purpose is. So in yoga, we call that our dharma, our life's purpose. Sometimes you could, could also refer to it a, a, as a North Star. But if you simplify it down to foods and you say, okay, I know that that is not going to make me feel good. That is not taking me a step in the right direction. It is much easier to make a decision in that moment Mm -hmm. because you have experienced what it feels like to eat the foods that fuel you well, where you feel healthy, you feel strong, you feel balanced. And then if you start to look at that, like what you were talking about with at work, like how do you get to that next peak, having clarity as to what that is, makes the little, the smaller details on your way there seem like a lesser deal, if you will, right? because you know what you're working towards. And there's going to be some days that are easier, other days that are harder, but you're committed to that path, that North star, that next job. So it's that discipline practice of showing up for those things. And discipline practice sometimes means doing it. Sometimes it means not doing it and just letting it go. That's so true. even though you say you're not woo-woo, you, <laughs> yoga is a systematic approach to more balanced living. And I think a lot of people don't, they only see yoga as this movement practice and this chanting. And yes, that is absolutely part of it and such an amazing part of it. But really, so many of us are already living this yoga lifestyle and we just haven't been made aware of it quite yet and how those different limbs could enhance our overall lives. That's true. So there you go. Yoga for the practical people. Uh It's actually, it's actually more for the people who are super practical and need to tie the purpose back to your life and how does it impact it and keep you Mm -hmm. kind of moving forward and taking that journey one step at a time. But like, I, you know, I think about myself pre someone's, um, Amy, who y'all have heard um, on the podcast before. If you haven't, I interviewed her. You should go listen to it. It's amazing. Suggested it to me. She was like, hey, have you considered going gluten-free? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And then when she started telling me all the things that you can't have, I was like, oh God. And then and then when she finished listing that, 
those things. I'm like, ooh. And then I thought, and then she's like, but think about it. We go out to eat and I eat all the good things too. So you don't think about it as what you can't have. Think about what you have and how amazing it is. And so I always kind of remind myself of that to you. Like, don't think about it as what you don't have. Think about it as what you, yeah, what you can do with what you have. Because if you were allergic to peanuts, you wouldn't keep, well, I hope you wouldn't keep eating them. Right. So it's the same kind of concept, which is how I explain it to people too. But building that discipline is, discipline is mental. And yeah. for a practical person, I needed to tie it back to something. Like, can I draw on a, concrete event to make it happen so that I can stick to it. Like in remembering how terrible I feel or how good you feel, depending on what day of the week it is, depends on which one motivates me at least to kind of move along and that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what kinds of uh, resources do you recommend for people? Uh, I absolutely think that yoga is a wonderful, wonderful practice. You can try my class for sure. And I'll also say I might not be the right teacher for you. So keep shopping around um, Mm. until you do find the right teacher for you. There's a lot of great videos out there. What else? I think that journaling is a really, really great practice for people to get into. I know when I'm really starting to spiral, getting my thoughts out of my head, putting them onto paper, and then looking at my thoughts and being more of the observer of my thoughts on paper is a really great resource, really powerful tool for me. What else? I know you're asking me this question, but like trying to think. No, go take Taryn's class. Obviously I'm interviewing her because yeah. I love it, but you really should because it's a good starting point. But be warned, she may spoil you for other things. Um, <laughs> you go to another class and you're like, Mm-mm, that's not even, that's, Ugh, closing things off and I don't understand, but it's funny that you say journaling because I've now had people suggest that to me multiple times and I'm just like, I'm not really a journaler or whatever. Yeah. But thinking about it, it's funny because Monday I was not a happy camper at work and I was like, these things need to change. And yeah. I called for a meeting with my boss and we do one-on-ones. It's, I make it seem like a meeting with the boss, but it's, we do these regularly. Yeah. check-ins. Yeah. But I also was like, I need to make a list. Yeah. And I made a list of all the things that I wanted to talk about. And as soon as I did that, I was totally fine. And I'm yeah. like that just in this moment right now, when you were saying that after our entire conversation about woo and energy and me not being that, I was just like, oh yeah, I guess journaling doesn't have to be this pros of like, I feel like this and these things made me this and whatever, but it could just be like, here are the things that I am noticing or here are the topics I want to discuss. And then just kind of like writing that down and adding a little detail to it and calling it a day. I did not write anywhere in there that, you know, the dude that sits on my calls and says nothing but gives zero feedback is annoying to me. I didn't write any of that down. I just wrote down those topics and that made me feel better. So consider if you're not a journaler in the sense of like, let's talk about our feelings kind of journal, just making lists about things would be useful. Absolutely. And I have a, um, a really good friend, Erin Bailey, who is participating. She's in our reset group right now. She sends out these emails called the daily dose and you, they hit your inbox at six in the morning and she gives you a question or two to maybe you write a sentence about them. Maybe you fill up three pages. Um, so that is a great resource. 
there's other people out there that do similar things. Obviously, I'm going to connect people to, to my friends. But when you don't know where to start, and I think that's with anything, wherever you are on a journey, finding a resource, finding a teacher. So you want to get into journaling, get a journal that has prompts at the top. You want to get into yoga, find a teacher, find a progressive program. There was a wonderful teacher. His name is Jason Crandall out of San Francisco. And I was at one of his workshops, one of his intensives. And he said it beautifully. He was like, you don't just sit at the piano your first time and start playing Bach and then play Beethoven and then play Mozart. You sit at the piano and you learn the notes and you practice the notes and then you learn the scales and then you learn how to read music and then you learn a song and you learn a second song. And eventually you can bounce from Mozart to Bach to Beethoven, but it's only after you've got those fundamentals down. It's only after you've put in the practice to be able to flow. And I think so many of us, especially high performers, are used to being in a place where we forget how long it took us to get to that place where we just go on autopilot. And so going back and having that beginner's mind as we enter into these practices that seem simple and yes they are simple but they are not easy and giving ourselves that grace period of really starting from the ground up i do like to say that i one of the things that helps people move along their journey and is to remember where you came from don't forget where you came from be able to tap back into what did that emotion feel like and how did it make you feel? It's the same thing with the discipline and the eating and tapping back into what, that, what did that make you feel? But what did you feel like on day one of starting any new adventure, mm-hmm. whether it's movement-based or food-based or mentally or that kind of thing? Did you start a new job and what did you feel like? And then when you encounter another person who is starting their journey remembering what you felt like and what things annoyed you or what things gave you comfort and provide that for someone else Mm -hmm. makes for a better experience going forward for everyone. It's this, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's the, that's always been my thing is like, I remember where I came from and I remember what it feels like. And I revisit that place and evaluate what things made me happy, what things didn't, what did I like about it? Why did I stop it? Why did I continue with it? Why am I holding on to it? Why am I revisiting it now? Mm -hmm. Especially when someone comes and is like, okay, I've seen that you do these magical things. How did you do it? And I'm like, none of it is magic, but also not dismissing that idea that someone thinks it's magical because they don't know what goes into it. And how did you pull back that curtain and what time was appropriate to pull it back? And is it just a support time? Or is this a, like, let me give you the nitty gritty skinny about it all. And yeah. that being a huge kind of thing. And I think that's what, I think that's the difference between a good teacher, instructor, leader, even gym buddy is, can you remember where you came from? Because if you mm-hmm. get up there and you don't remember where you came from, no one wants to deal with that. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, so you got any more tips, information, things that you want to download to the people before we get to my favorite part of the interview, which is one laugh around the track where I ask you 
five questions and you tell me your immediate answers. Oh man. Um, well, I would love to invite anybody who's interested in starting a yoga practice or deepening their yoga practice. Please know you are always welcome into my class or one of my programs. Um, in October, we're going to be diving into yoga nidra. So layering in this uh, meditation technique called yoga nidra with a movement practice as well. So trying to expand, not just be living in that one limb. Um, so really excited for that to be coming up and I'll be doing these three to four week series moving forward, at least as long as we're in this virtual space. So always welcome to come to those classes. TJ will probably be there. So if you need that accountability, <laughs> buddy, I will. Um, she's got you. So yes. And if you ever too have questions, I say this and I really, really mean it. If you have a question, my stuff doesn't work into your schedule or my style doesn't work into what you're looking for. At least know that I'm a resource because my biggest thing is I want everybody to be practicing yoga. It doesn't necessarily have to be with me. Okay. Tell the people how they find you though. Where, okay. where are they going? Um, you're going to go to Instagram at Taryn Burns underscore yoga. You can also go onto my website karenburns.com. And I post everything onto both of those platforms. Oh, and I have a blog coming out. Ooh. Yeah. More. Um, it's called reconnect. Oh. Um, sticking with that reset, uh, that restyle. So it is going to be both inspirational and educational. So first blog post, basically I'm putting a timeline is going to be out next Tuesday. Um, mm -hmm. That will be, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be out and you'll have, so next Tuesday, it'll be September 29th. I'm marking it on my calendar yep. or the 22nd. Uh, oh, 22nd, 22nd. 22nd. Okay. September 22nd. I'm marking it on my calendar because you know. Yep. They'll be short and they'll be sweet, but really just giving you something to bookmark and come back to that will hopefully make your practice or your day a little bit more straightforward. I like it. All right. Now you know how to find her. You can also, in my stories, I'm always tagging her um, because gosh darn it, yoga is impacting all parts of my life. And <laughs> it just comes, comes back. And every time I tell her, she's like rebels in it. And I'm just like, it's fine. I'll, I'll let you impact all parts of my life because it's <laughs> making me better. And it's funny. I did, I should have shared this way earlier, but I got introduced to Taryn on an app, Fit Radio app doing, was it, I can't remember whether it was the breath, which came first, the legs of the wall, or the breath meditation. I think the legs the of the wall. Legs of the wall, yeah. So I guess I was doing yoga practice before I even realized it, but this is legs of the wall thing. I do these hard Tuesday workouts where I let Amy convince me that I could do these crazy knees craziness and I would go do it. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, my legs weigh a thousand pounds. It's yeah. not okay. And Bianca, once again, another person interviewed, go listen to that interview too. Um, it was like, well, try this. Taryn's on this app, blah, blah, blah. And then we met in real life, which is also mm -hmm. another like cool thing. Yeah. So that's how I got introduced to Taryn something in it. In that legs of the wall is like, maybe 10 minutes. I'm not even sure it's that long. Yeah. It's a great, it's a, again, great entry point into the yeah. practice. You don't even know you're practicing yoga, but you are. <laughs> exactly. So now that you know how to find her, we're going to do my favorite part, which is one lap around the track. I have five questions. Give me the first answer that pops in your head. Are you ready? 
I'm nervous, but yes. I love it. Okay. One word to describe your journey. I'm not very fast. <laughs> um, long. <laughs> okay. Your favorite snack. Cheese and crackers. Most hated exercise. Burpee. One thing in your gym bag. The yoga tune-up balls. And the last thing you ate. Breakfast sandwich. See, not so scary. No, no, not so scary. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to the DJ Tells It podcast and telling all the things and maybe making me <sighs> become more woo than I or admit that I'm woo anyway than I am. But I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thank you. Great. See you in class. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time for another Straight Talk episode of the TJ Tells It podcast. You can find all the archives and show notes at tjtellsit.com forward slash podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing through your favorite app. In between, you can follow my journey on Instagram by following at tjtellsit. Keep in mind, this is a one step at a time, always moving forward journey. I'm TJ and I'm telling it.